0: Welcome to the City Edge Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message uh, As he was nailed to the cross after being beaten and whipped and, and his blood had been shed, he said these words in John 1930, when Jesus had tasted it, he said, "It is finished." Uh, then he bowed his head and released his spirit. He released his spirit. And I I just love that the cross is actually called the completed work, the finished work of the cross. And uh, I just love the fact that whenever we finish something, it's always a great accomplishment, isn't it? It's always a great accomplishment in any of our lives. And we, you know, it's, it's easy to start something, but it's a very, very different kettle of fish to finish something. You know, I remember uh, I, when I first bought my home uh, and, uh, and I had my backyard was on this massive hill, bushland everywhere, and I ended up getting this bobcat in. I had a friend of mine came and cleared the land, dug out, and I was going to build retaining walls. And, uh, and so I thought, yep, this is my DIY project. It's going to be incredible. And, uh, and re- I remember flying my father down, who was quite handy, and I said, Dad, you know, I want you to come down for a week. Help me out. You know, we're going to get this retaining wall built. We've got two retaining walls we're going to get sorted. And he's like, yep, can't wait, son. It's going to be great. And uh, so he comes down, and we didn't realize that that there were 22 post holes that had to be dug. Now, two of the 22 post holes were free and easy to dig. 19 of them were shale rock that had to be uh, completely jackhammered. Every time you put a shovel load in, you had to jackhammer down again. It took three, full days in march in the hot humid sun to dig out these 19 holes now i must say at the end of this whole expert escapade my father could not wait to get on the plane uh it's like i love you son you're great see you at christmas i'm out he was gone and uh and yeah but we got it done we completed i remember every time i look in the backyard now i'm like man, thank God I didn't have to do that again. That was crazy. Wow, I'm so glad it was finished. But you know, completing is so important in our lives. But I love the fact that the cross is the completed work, the finished work of the cross. And over this month, in the lead up to Easter, uh, we're going to be talking about all that the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ has completed in our lives. See, there's so much scriptural base that helps us understand our position now because of Jesus, because of the cross and the blood that he shed, and because he rose from the dead. How many know today that our faith of Christianity hinges on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead? Hinges on that fact. And uh, whether someone has has concerns about Scripture, Bible, or anything, or they're, they're questions about the faith of Christianity, if they're on that journey, all we know, and our starting point, always is the fact that Jesus, He came to the cross, He died at the cross, shed His blood, and we know that He rose from the dead. And our faith hinges on that. And my prayer over this month is that as we discover all the things that we are positioned in now because of the completion of the cross, you know, there's things that we are forgiven now. We're in unforgiveness, but we're forgiven because of the cross. And therefore, because of that, we can forgive others. Amen. See, were, we're in shame before that. But the Bible says that we go from shame to share in His glory. Why? Because of the cross. See, we were, we were in sin, but because of the cross, we now stand in right standing and in righteousness before God because of the cross and the resurrection. We were rejected once, but now we stand in acceptance because of the blood of Jesus and the cross of Christ. Come on, why don't we put our hands together and honor Jesus because of the cross. There are just some things that we're going to dive into over this series and lead up to culminate at Easter, which is awesome. Man, are you excited for this Easter season? I'm excited. I'm so excited. I mean, just putting this message together this week, I'm like, man, this is going to be incredible. I just, what I'm excited about is what God's going to do in all of us. What He's going to do to capture our heart again for the cross and the resurrection, and our faith in Him. Amen? Which is great. Hebrews 10, 10 to 12 says this. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ, once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, being Jesus, Offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. I love this scripture because this scripture shows us that for, for centuries, thousands of years, we see the leader of, of Old Testament. Uh, Judaism and, and faith, okay, it was all built around the fact that, that there would be uh, often sacrifices, feasts, that they would come, and, and yes, they would sacrifice animals that were pure animals before God, and the blood of that animal would cover the sins of the Israelites, the sins of the people. So we see like, for centuries, centuries upon centuries, they're doing this ritualistic thing uh, before God, but what it would do is it would only cover their sin okay so their sin would be covered so God's wrath would come back away and he would be able to forgive them and to cover the sin that they had completed okay and so we see for years it was this ongoing thing but we see the picture of the cross is that Jesus was the final sacrifice He was the lamb that was led to the slaughter as Isaiah teaches us. And and we see that he was the one that was able to deal with the problem of sin. Not just to cover sin, but, but God was able to uncover all the sins of history He was able to look into the forbearance into the future and every sin that would be committed from this point. And he was able to set this point in history where Jesus would deal with the problem of sin. See, sometimes you can get rid of the spider webs, but man, you just got to get rid of the spider, don't you? Because otherwise you're just clearing away the cobwebs all the time. So God, at a point in history, eternally, deals with the problem of sin and it's all done at the cross and I want to talk about today to set up this series and we got some great messages Uh, all of our preachers have got some things burning in their heart that they want to bring over this season and uh, to just really dive into what it means for us because of the cross and the resurrection amen and I want to talk about just two things today about the why Jesus had to die two reasons the reasons for why he had to be the atonement. Very simple reasons, but it's gonna set us up for this series. And the first is this: it was because of his love. It was because of his love. Now that is more meaningful than we we, we realize. See, you've been a Christian for a long time. So of course it was because of his love. Absolutely. But man, we need to understand the depth of God's love, the depth of, of what it meant for him. For God the Father to send His only Son to the cross to take that punishment for our sins. It's because of His love. See, we need to understand to set this up is that God didn't have to save us. He didn't have to. He was well within His rights because He is holy God, creator of the heavens and the earth. Everything we see, everything we taste, touch, get to experience in this life is because God made it. He created it, okay? So we see everything begins and ends with God. And we're caught up in the middle of this whole thing. All right? And we are his creation. And we see the first man and woman that were created in Adam and Eve. And you read this in Genesis. I encourage you to go back and read the first three chapters of Genesis just to get your your heart and your mind around it again. But we see that Adam and Eve, the first creation, they were created out of love. See, out of God's love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God wanted to extend that love and He creates us out of it, okay, to extend that love, to invite us in to the relationship of who God is. We were in fellowship with God. Now, Adam and Eve were created in absolute harmony with God. They were meant to live forever. They were meant to be in this relationship with God where, where our life is actually drawn from who He is, See, we are best in relationship with God. We're we're the best kind of humans that we can be when our life is in relationship with God. This is what we truly believe. And see, this is what Adam and Eve had. had. Yet they were deceived by the devil to think that they could have that without God. All right, So so they took the step of disobedience. And this is what sin is. Sin separates us from God. It is the act of disobedience to say, I don't need you, God. I don't need you in my life. I can do this myself. I can go my own way. I can do this myself. And so Adam and Eve were deceived to think that, man, I can do this on my own and I don't need God. All right. So then they so what they did is they plunged humanity into being born into sin. Being born into a state of of separation see sin always separates what God brings together it will always separate what God brings together so we had harmony we were flourishing in relationship with God yet that the sin disconnected that relationship and then from then on we're born into that separation and we don't know it that's why there's always this longing in the heart isn't there that's so why before you come to Christ, before you know that there, there can be a longing inside of us. Blaise Pascal says there's a God-shaped hole in every human heart, and only He is the one who can fill it. And so we know this, is that, that God-shaped hole is there because of the separation. And so we see that God, out of His great love, see His love is unending. His love is, is Unconditional. Okay, we've got to understand that God's love never ever changes for us. We see in Romans 8:38 to 39 and the apostle Paul says this about God's love for us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that has revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Everyone say, Nothing can separate me. From God's, love. from God's love. See, there is nothing. Wow. Not even what Adam and Eve did. Wow. Not even the sin that they did could separate them from God's love. See, God's love is fixed. It's unconditional. It's already at 100%. It never changes. Never ever changes. No matter what we have done and no matter what we do in our lives, His love remains fixed. Yeah. His love, it's unending, it's eternal, and it never changes. And so we see this is that you can kind of bank on that. You can know that, man, that's fixed, that's in place. Now, God's pleasure of where we're at, that can change. See, he he wasn't happy with Adam and Eve when they did that. He's not always happy when we choose to separate from us. Why? Because of his love. It's like, man, every step you're taking, you're taking away from me. And so God's like, man, because of his love, he is compelled to take steps closer to us sin separates us and walks us further away from God but here's God it's like because of his love he's compelled to come toward us I love this picture because it shows us that God did not require any human being or any man to take the sacrifice and become the atonement for the rest of humanity and creation God said there is no one else that can do this but me but me and that's why we see the picture of the cross, of the, of the, the blood that was shed, of the resurrection it is all about God's unfailing love, eternal love for you and I. That he would take Jesus seated in eternity, in relationship with the Father, to come as a bondservant, to come humbly as a man. See, Jesus was fully God and he became fully man for us. He experienced all the temptations. He experienced everything that we go through in this life. So there's nothing we can face, nothing we can feel or experience or in pain or suffering or hurt in this life that Jesus hasn't experienced himself. He knew the rejection. He knew the loneliness. He knew the shame. He knew the pain. He knew the suffering. He knows it. He understands what we went through. We're going to dive into more of that over this whole month of what Jesus actually walked through in that. But I love this is that, is that love caused him to say, I, I'm seated in the heavenlies." He didn't have to. He didn't have to come, but he chose to because of love. He chose to because of love. He says, okay, you've walked from me. Now I'll walk to you. I will come to you. I will be the atonement. I will be the sacrifice. I will be the one that gives my life for all of humanity. And see, this all begins and it starts. And this whole series is set up with the truth that it all starts with love. John 3.16 says this is one of the most famous scriptures in history outside of Psalm 23. (laughs) Most people know it. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, So that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal love. For God so loved. Not for God so tolerated. For God so loved that He gave. If you ever wanted to question God's generosity, just come back to this verse. He was prepared to give His only Son. See, it's hard to fathom and understand the love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. See, God is love, as it says in 1 John 4, because He creates love. Love to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, back to the Father and Son. That is love personified. We've got to understand, Jesus is in eternity before we we are here. He's in eternity in that relationship of absolute love. And he says, okay, let's become separate. Let's, I'll come and I'll become a bond servant for all of humanity. See, I believe even at creation, God knew I'm, I'm going to have to send my son. Jesus knew I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to be the atonement. I'm going to have to be the sacrifice for humanity. And he was prepared to do it at the very beginning. Who believes that today? Amen. And so we see this, is that God is love. So no matter, no matter where your life is today, I wanna to let you know is that Jesus loves you. Nothing can separate you from his love. See, maybe in the last few weeks or months, maybe there's been some things that have happened in your life where you might think, man, I'm completely separated from God's love. I wanna tell you today, that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, or no matter what someone else has done to you, nothing can separate you from God's love. He will go across the chasms to find you. He will bridge the gaps to find you and meet you where you are at so that you can know that his love, his hope, his life is all there for you today. Do you believe that today? Yeah. Amen. And that is a, that's a message there for anyone that needs to know that God loves you. The second is this, is that it. it the reason for Christ at the cross was because of his justice. It's because of his love it all starts with His love, but it's also because God is just. It's because of His justice. And so we see this is that, yes, sin is that rebellion against God. It's, it's that stepping away from God. Now, I need you to understand, because God is holy and God is loving, He is also just. God cannot be truly loving unless He is completely just. Okay, He cannot be a holy God, completely the source of holiness, unless He is just. There has to be the, the fact that, that God, it all measures from Him. We don't measure ourselves against each other. We can never do that. It's measured against God because He is the source of holiness. Okay, it all, There's no sin in God. So out of that, God cannot stand sin. You've got to understand this. There is a righteous anger in God, a wrath yeah. against sin. Yeah. All right, he loves us, but he hates sin. Yeah, all right, there's a wrath, there's a, there's a, there, it repels him. Yeah. So he can't be near it, all right? So for God to be truly loving, he's got to be truly just as well. Yeah. Okay, both are like two pedals on a bike. All right, they work together. All right, so for this, God knew that I have to send my son. I have to do this myself, because I know that no man or woman on this earth, throughout all of history, can pay the price for the loss in creation. No man can do this. No woman can do this. Only God could do this. So therefore, he knew that a price needed to be paid. So we see in Hebrews 10, as I shared earlier, that sin was covered. It was covered over because of the blood and the sacrifice of animals. All right? But there was still a wrath against that sin. you got to understand that it wasn't, it wasn't paid for yet. Okay? So God, God knew that something has to deal with this problem of the rebellion, of the pulling away from me. I've got, it's got to be solved. And so for God, He knew that there, there's got to be something. So Romans three twenty three to 26 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. Because in His forbearance, God had passed over the sins. He passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier Of the one who has faith in Jesus, see the sacrifice of Jesus. It was the propitiation of His blood to to, to sacrifice to say, "God, I'm coming. I'm making this right before you." See the sacrifice of animals covered the sin, but Jesus dealt with the problem of sin. And maybe you're sitting here today and going, "Man, what what in the world does propitiation mean? A big word. What does it mean?" Well, this is what propitiation means. A sacrifice that bears God's wrath to the end. And in so doing, changes God's wrath towards us into favor. So that sacrifice of Christ, all right, it, it, it bore the wrath of God. It bore the separation. It bore the pain, the suffering, everything. It bore it physically. It bore it spiritually. He bore it emotionally. He bore every single part of it. Throughout eternity, he bore that for us. He dealt, he took God's full brunt of the wrath on himself. Oh man, that's, that's incredible. So we, we didn't have to, as Mark said this morning, we weren't on that cross Jesus was he took the wrath he took the pain he took that justice for you and I because of his love and so we see in this picture here that he is that propitiation for our sins see the word propitious actually means favorable favorable favorable. so God went from wrath to favor because of Christ because of the cross Because of the blood and because of his resurrection, he went from wrath to the sin to favor. And we see that, man, this is a beautiful picture. Now, we know this, is that that when we stand before God, we don't stand before God on our own merits, do we? We don't stand before God because of all of our good deeds, whether good or bad. It's not based on our merits, all right? Because there's nothing we can do to measure up to his holiness. Nothing. We go... We measure against each other. And sometimes we try and do that, don't we? Compare ourselves to my level of good to your level of good. So I have less bad than your bad. Okay? And it makes us feel better sometimes. But it's not right. Because we're not measuring against each other. Well, I'm not measuring against you. And I I might feel better by doing that, but it's wrong. Because the truth is, I'm gonna measure against holy God. Yes. He is absolute holiness, and I'm gonna, man, I'm exposed, measured against his holiness. Uh, yeah. Even in my goodness, yeah, I still don't measure up. So I can't come with him to him with a religious attitude. Yeah. Saying, I've been that good, I've been amazing. No, no, it's not measured wow. against me. Yeah. It's not measured against you wow. yeah. for me. It's measured against Christ. So as God said in Romans, teaches us that Christ was just and wanted to be our justifier. He wanted to justify for us. Okay, so when the devil, the accuser of the brethren, tries to accuse at our lives, we, we don't come back to our own measurement. We come back to Christ. We come back to the cross and say, man, yeah, I was a sinner, but I've been saved by his grace. And because of His blood that was shed, I am justified through Jesus Christ. And I, I happily, I, I surrender my life to come under that justification of my faith to accept Jesus Christ, to say, Lord, no longer does the Father see me and, and the sins that I committed in my life, but He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He sees, he sees what Christ has done and what He has been victorious over the sin. So from here on in, forever, forever He is glorified. Forever He is lifted up as the musicians and singers come. Forever His name is worshipped. Forever and ever and ever. Why? Because He dealt with the problem of sin. Because of His love and His justice, He became the propitiation for our sin. He bore the wrath against sin. He shed His blood. He took it for us so that we could come under His his name and through His blood, we can have acceptance. The Bible says now in Hebrews 10, We can come boldly into the throne of our gracious God. Boldly. You know what that's saying? You can walk in like you own the place. You can walk in, man, this is my dad's house. I get access. I get access into the throne of God. Not because of my own merits, but because of the merits of the Son of God. I can get access. His blood covers me. And I can come into His his place of fellowship with God again it's beautiful it's incredible this is my prayer this is my prayer over this series and this is my prayer today is that we would all come back to a place of thankfulness and humility again before God that we would understand Lord if it wasn't for the cross if it wasn't for your price there goes my life there goes my life where would I have been where could I have been without you to come back to remembrance Maybe you've been saved for 30 years. Maybe you've been saved for longer than that. Maybe you've been saved for a week. But we never want to lose that place in our heart of remembrance. I shared last Sunday night uh, the time when I first got to preach in the local church I grew up in, which is Harvest Church, Innisfail. That's where uh, I grew up. And uh, and, and so I, I was about to preach. It was a youth takeover morning. So they were always great mornings. They were rough and raw and notes were getting blown out everywhere, but it was awesome. So good. But I got the honor of preaching that day. First time preaching in big church, all right, for me, all right. And I was 14 years of age. And I remember a song just like we sang this morning of forever, you are glorified. We start singing this in worship. Man, I I just got, I encounter the Holy Spirit. I start weeping. Weeping and weeping because I get a vision through the Holy Spirit of the cross. I can see Jesus, it's still fixed in my mind today. I can see his body swollen three times more than a, a, a regular man, bleeding at the cross, hands nailed, feet nailed, and this overwhelming sense is coming over me of thankfulness. I couldn't stop saying, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price. Thank you, Lord. I, I, could, I couldn't save myself. I couldn't save myself. I'm 14 years old. i got to preach in five minutes. I'm weeping. I'm weeping. I'm a mess. And, uh, and the youth pastor sitting beside me, hey, buddy, you okay? You good? You got to preach in five minutes. Get it together. And, you know, uh, you know I was just, just blubbering. You know, I can't help myself. And then I finally get it together, wipe my eyes. I'm like, oh, I couldn't get it out of my heart. And I get up and I preach from that revelation. My first preach in big church, I'd done it in youth and in kids. And it's like, man, God, why? I don't, I'll never forget that moment. Because I never want to forget what Jesus did. And see, sometimes we can, we can let life and busyness and the issues and the problems and the stuff, we just got to sort out in life and, and we can kind of wash over everything that Christ has done for us. It's easy, isn't it? But see, my prayer is that we can come back to that place in our hearts again of thankfulness daily. Lord, if it wasn't for the cross, if it wasn't for your blood that was shed, there goes my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.